0: would be great or even even if it was was like some of the other guys that you get in there you know like uh what what if they got some of the old timers you know um like uh uh jmd mateus to do it you know that that'd be oh yeah i love his stuff mark wade you know like Uh, pull some of these guys out and be like hey can you do this
1: (laughs) yeah i mean I, i there's just like there were so many good stories that were done but there were also some really silly ones Uh, And I feel like with coming back as a label, as an imprint, I should say as an imprint, they really should focus on like making it as, as fantastic as possible. Don't, don't lean into the goofier aspects of it. If if somebody has a silly idea, put it on the back burner and wait for this to, to be established as a thing again for a few years.
0: To be like, Mogo doesn't socialize, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I just
1: like,
2: if you think of it as a, a as a business decision, it, it would be very smart of them to go back to the well for a lot of these stories and yeah. do the continuation. Because then they could do, you know, a trade. Hey, we're going to be doing a sequel to this. Here's a updated trade of, you know, such and such.
0: Yeah, That's very uh, much in line with what Jim Lee likes to do. And I, yeah. I think, honestly, the graphic novels is like Warner's category. That, that's like their biggest seller.
2: The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only.
0: It's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Tastes, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, still It With. My God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Door Getting Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows stocked full of dirty goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast.
1: Hey everybody, this is Powerful Brandon here, and you are listening to Comics Paradox, the podcast in which we talk about alternate reality tales and takes of characters and storylines we may already know and love. Uh, Joining me as ever, uh, two fine fellows, we'll start off with saying hello to Mr. Leo. Say hi, everyone, Leo. Hi, everyone. Hello. All right. Thanks for following my instructions down to a T, just literal. Uh, and we'll go we'll go to Mr. Justin Cooper. Say hi, Justin.
0: I don't want to be criticized. Hi. No, <laughs> <laughs> You're on the wrong podcast, pal. Damn it. That's... <laughs> uh,
2: I'm, I'm sorry, my mind was elsewhere. I, I'm looking up pocket coffee. Of course, I was, yeah. Too. I was too
1: <laughs> dude. I found it, it. It's it's pretty I'm about to have one right now. Uh no, I'll I'll wait. I'll wait a minute. Uh, it like, uh, <laughs> looks like Walmart has a good deal though. But it's really house- yeah, uh,
2: five packs of five pieces for ten bucks.
1: Okay, well, what all do right. You do you? Yeah. Well, keep in mind, though, I mean, it is a liquid espresso center, so you're gonna get like some nice Ferrero chocolate all through. But you know, I mean, that is, it is like pouring a tiny shot of espresso into your face, into your 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 world hole, as the Italians who make it is may
0: say. I don't think I like they would, take but cups of coffee a day. So I'm like. Hook it to my brains. <laughs> <laughs> How many cups? Usually six. Okay. No, so I well, double up, so I'll do like two double cups. You know, like a cup this this size, so that'll be like two cups. So the sixteen ounce cup, and then I'll have another one. Oh, nice, nice.
1: Um, so yeah. Um, even though we are sponsored by <laughs> Deadly Grounds Coffee.
0: Hmm actually, a lot of times it is deadly grounds coffee I'm drinking so deadly you know.
1: deadly grounds taste the ground yep. no wait that's not it <laughs>
0: taste the, taste the ground ground deadly deadly shielding that's no, t- t-
1: taste the liquid death no that's that's not it either Dead, deadly grounds be a caffeine i i I don't i I got nothing um <laughs> with withre damn it <laughs> By menon no no we're just we're jumping all over the place now
0: sit. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, wow. Oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bucket. No, stop it, Mr.
1: Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> balls come out of my mouth. Whoa, pal. <laughs> don't tell us your pet your your fucking hobbies. Um balls are what I'm about. Uh so yeah, anyway, today <laughs> on uh on comics paradox, we're going to be covering the Else World's prestige format one-shot superman distant fires um yep there it there it be right there written by howard Shaken, uh and illustrated by gil kane and kevin nolan with matt hollingsworth oh matt hollings oh that matt hollingsworth oh kevin nolan does the art i'm sorry i apologize
0: i think i think it was like both like I yeah I was yeah kind of combo new, like layouts and stuff but like i it's- think
1: gil kane also did um Batman and Darkest Night, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Uh you might be right. I could, I could actually check that. Green Lantern. I thought Gil Kane was the one that uh, created uh, Green Lantern. No, let me see.
1: Oh no, Jerry Bingham did in in Darkest Night.
0: Oh yeah, there it is.
1: Whoopsie. Well, never mind that then. So, Yeah, um,
0: um Gil Kane's
2: <coughs> creations, uh, you're right, yeah, the Lantern Corps, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, the Yellow Power Ring, Carol Ferris, uh, Thal Sinestro, and Guardians yep. of the Universe,
1: yeah, Thal so everything Sinestro. that we know about the Silver Age Green Lantern, yep. So, ba- another way to say that is Gil Kane was the only guy at DC who read lensman and then decided to rip it off to make the silver age green lantern i
0: if see no problems there Yep. Yeah, and if you don't it's know not what not i'm talking about far it far says it's far exceeds you know like it's its original inspiration you know
1: well it's certainly like, greater in popularity that's for sure
0: well there's so much of it now too it's like you know like you you could go back at this point 40 50 years and be like wow there's great lore in this even even though like notably we don't like Hal Jordan the best but I mean like all that other stuff that rich tapestry there's good stuff there
1: that's yeah that's fair I mean th- there's so much that I I do appreciate about green Lantern uh that I, I really could not apply to Hal Jordan as a character throughout that mythos.
0: In and in, in another elsewhere world story, uh, the Green Lantern ring and Lantern are going to come into play. Yes, so, indeed, and it's yeah. pretty damn important in this one.
1: And yeah, one hundred percent. And it's part of the reason why, like, I've always been intrigued. Part of the reason why I've always been intrigued by by this particular story. Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get there. We're not gonna. I'm not going to dilly-dally too much of this and dance through this this uh, particular issue because there's there's uh, a fair amount that happens and, you know, it's best experienced uh, you know first person. Anybody that's listening, I hope it, it gets them to the point where they actually want to read this for themselves.
0: Um, but yeah, it can starts... They, they can get this on Kindle, you said? Uh, Superman Distant Fires? Can they? I don't... I don't... Formerly Comicsology, now on Kindle.
1: Uh, that was today by the way. You know yeah, Comixology today. died today. We're recording this on December 4th kids so you know. <laughs> oh no the, the curtain has been lifted. But <laughs> yeah uh yeah today was the the death of comicsology. Um I don't I
0: don't know actually. Let me let me check here comicsology.com or your um, local comic shop. Good they luck. We probably have it. No, you don't think so.
1: I mean, there's this. This has probably been out of print for a while, but yeah, well, yeah um,
2: if they have a decent
1: shop, oh yeah, you can get you can get it on Kindle. Good. Yeah, you can get it on Kindle. That's that's awesome. Huh? That's crazy. Oh yeah. Oh, do they have it in one of the Superman books? i don't think they do but uh yeah you can it, it's a buck a 99 uh oh that's really good dig, that's, dig a great price. that's an excellent price for this yeah um oh they also have superman inc huh. superman Incorporated.
0: after spending like 7.99 on each of those uh uh one bad day you know <laughs> like a dollar 99 i would right. take the sting out
1: slightly but yeah, uh, well, well, worth it to to get this digitally would probably be the easiest way because uh, mm. you know this is it's not like it's in print. Um, you'd have to go and, and if you if you enjoy uh, visiting comic book shops with a pull list, then by all means, like do that. But it will cost you more than a buck ninety nine. I'll tell you that. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think the, I think the cover price was probably like five bucks. This was a prestige one shot damn yeah but uh
0: value
1: so much value oh oh value up to wazoo anyway uh so superman distant fires uh elseworld like i said it starts off a little prologue that kind of gives us you know blips on a screen showing that a, a nuclear an atomic war is about to take place um you know it's it's basically uh in a splash page, the exact the the exact thing that Nina was singing about in Psalm ninety nine, love balloons. Oh yeah, and um, we find out that uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of bad news bears for the world. Um, they
2: uh, they also kind of insinuate. Uh, I mean, it's before that time, but uh, like AI is. I like was thinking that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, sort of a Terminator 3 rise in the machines thing going down uh, but yeah lots of not lots of nuclear pew pews and um, then of course the environmental devastation that would follow um, funny enough no nuclear winter at any point do we see in this but that's neither here nor there um, they-
2: well they do mention the um, the cold coming and then the rain uh,
1: radioactive rain yeah but nuclear winter would be a real thing and that does not occur in this at all uh but that's fine i mean because they go it's it's a comic book sci-fi story they go full-blown with the comic book uh connotations of radiation and what have you in this like things that would never actually happen in the real world not in the short amount of time that we see it take place here. The, the, you know, the years that, that take. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the timeframe is a bit wacky. You're like three years later. Really?
1: Okay. Uh, Okay.
0: All right. (laughs) You take, if you say so Superman. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, but we see, we, you know, that people flooded out and cities destroyed and all that fun stuff. And then we move ahead and that's the end of the prologue. Like, yeah, people are dead. And we come across Superman who is um, wearing oh what is, what is this oh, come on buddy let me see one page I'm two page on this for myself um, there we go uh, but yeah we see that he's trying to bury dead and all this stuff and he's in the ruins of what was once Metropolis and uh you know he's he's distraught and he's being visited by the memories the guilt-laden memories of of his friends and loved ones namely perry lois and jimmy perry white lois lane and jimmy olsen Uh, and he's he's managed to bury them all he wrapped lois in his superman cape and uh and, and buried her and he reveals that he is um He's alive, and seemingly the sole survivor of a Holocaust for the second time, a uh, second time in his life. Uh, but he is also now just a normal man. He does not have those powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. So, there he be, just talking to ghosts, and then coming across uh, giant mutant rats in the heart of Metropolis. Because, yeah, when,
0: when, I don't believe they exist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like this is where you start with okay, how did that happen so quickly? Um
2: well y- you see the the they boiled the water and then that mixed with the radiation made the ooze. And then
0: no. I like where this is going. Continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, Superman kills one of the rats and he fends them off. And uh, he's just, you know, like I said, he's he's all depressed and lonely and. Uh, keep keep moving, Leo, you know, killing me, sorry. <laughs> um. And we see him farming, uh, trying to, you know, grow some plants and, and survive. Uh, and he's grown a beard. He somehow made a vest for himself and found a neat pouch belt with a holster.
0: What did you jump ship? <laughs> for real.
1: Give me a Pepsi free. And uh he, you know, he's seeing now seeing the ghost of his his mom pa Kent. Uh and they're both just saying like, you know, you got you, you got to move out. You can't stick around here. To stay here is 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 to die. Um and then he starts seeing the ghosts of once again Lois Perry, Jimmy, uh and even Lex Luthor is, is saying like, you got to give up that attitude, cat. You got to go down there and find other people. It's like Lex is a motivational speaker for Superman, it's something different. Uh, and then we, we get, he's right, you know, and it's the ghost of Bruce Wayne dressed as Batman minus the, the cowl over his head uh, saying like, yeah, you were always, you know, you tried to let us feel like we were equals even though, you know, you were the most powerful among us and it's time for you to to go actually be equals with, with people you need to find them. And of course, Clark's freaking out and he, uh, he's kind of runs away from his own demons there and comes across a gaggle of mutated fucking pigeons and rats and troglodytes that are close to, uh, destroying the one clean source of water that he has for drinking and farming and all that jazz and uh he scares them off with he found an uzi or something somehow uh he's you know i don't know where he got the bullets but hey good for him and he he scares them off kills a couple of them um and you know that's that they ride away and he's he's just kind of like lamenting what his situation has become. And then Lois in a really weird pupilless drawing of her gigantic ghost speaking to him looks more like the specter than, than Lois really, uh, you know, kind of pushes him to, to leave metropolis and find out why he survived. And if he actually is the only one left. Uh, So he, uh, loads up a pack and now a, a fucking rifle that he has somehow. He's got a,
0: I think he's got a, a Kalashnikov or something like that. Like the, uh, cause he, he he's talks about like uh Russian engineering on um, like these guns or something.
1: Yeah. And uh, he, we, he's been walking for like three weeks and then he hears mutants saying good meat. And they're pointing at a giant mutated cat, uh, big, like, mutated gray tabby um and he's just like there's something in in my head that just snaps at the idea of them killing this like quite majestic looking mutant uh simply to to eat it and so he tames the cat by you know grabbing on and and until the cat stops jumping uh and breaks it until the cat's finally like, okay, fine, I get it. We're friends now. I won't eat you and we'll 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 take care of each other. That's how it goes. And uh because Superman he you know he actually struggled and he's finally bonded with something other than the you know, the voices in his head. Uh, he's like, Oh, and because you're a damned menace, I'll call you kryptonite. Tee hee 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 it would be funny if the cat sliced him from fucking stem to stern at that point, but you know, <laughs> yeah. boy It's not just a clever name. <laughs> and, uh, uh,
2: and when does he get the, the sword and yell
0: by the power of race? Go. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah right. That's total analog to that. Like it looks like battle cat throughout the entire movie or, uh, or uh, story.
1: They uh, But they start making their way through the different terrains and uh, they get to a point where things stop looking quite as uh, grotesque and mutated. And they make their way to um, a nice sort of like clean area and they find a, a nice like pond or stream or whatever. And um, they both like drink from it and Clark actually goes swimming and... Just He actually makes makes mention of the fact to himself that um, the crystal clear water is icy cold, almost too frigid for me to bear, but the chill cuts through me like a knife, giving me a deeper appreciation of my newfound vulnerability. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to think like a lot of the things that Superman doesn't quite have a grasp on because he's never had to experience them.
0: Yeah, um, probably like illness and being cold.
1: Well, I, I, you know, that's the one thing I do appreciate about the John Byrne iteration of the character when they brought him back to sort of basics in the 80s after Crisis is, you know, his powers developed slowly over time. So as a kid, he did get, like, sniffles, and he, he actually did, like, break a bone once from falling out of a tree. Uh, you know, so, like, yeah, you know, he he understands, like, you know, he went through... Winters in Kansas as a as a as a teenager. Um, but as he got older, it's like those things affected him less and less. So they became memories more than experiences that he dealt with on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, so he's he's swimming and and all that stuff, and then he pops up, and all of a sudden, the golden lasso darts from the overgrowth and snares kryptonite's paw. (gasps) A golden lasso, who could that be? we all surprised yep nailed it it's aquaman and i know it's it's wonder woman in um a far even more scantily clad version of herself
0: yeah yeah i was like okay the the costume's a bit weird i'm like all right you'd give up the armor and all that for a lot less even though now you don't have your powers okay it is strange yeah
1: but uh They're about to that they're they're throwing down. They're about to like try to take each other out, and that's when Clark is like, "Oh my God, Diana!" And she's like, "Oh my God, it's Clark!" And uh, he's like, "Yeah." Uh, She's like, "I'm so sorry," and he says, "Don't apologize to me, but you know, could you like let my cat go? That'd be that'd be great because he he he's gonna murder you." And uh, then he borrows Diana's knife to shave the beard off his face, so he's a little bit more recognizable.
0: I, I love her smile there. I thought that was so cool. Like, uh, how she's got the biggest smile, you know, in the um, the other page. Oh, wow, now he's wearing red underwear. That's weird.
1: Yeah, it was white before.
0: Color change yeah, underwear.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I actually do appreciate, too, how they show um, Superman looking down into the, the pool of water, rinsing his face off after he, he shaved the beard off um, and showing him seeing Lois at first and then diana exactly uh, and, yeah and a- actually showing how the two of them look different like i appreciate that the different color hair the slightly different shapes of the faces and in the eyes um you don't get differentiation like that too often uh in in any of these comic books but i thought that was i thought that was well done it, it, it's very subtle Yeah, i but-
0: agree
1: You know, but uh, I totally get it. Um, And, you know, then Diana's just kind of telling him, oh, hey, you should come home with me. And, you know, he's like, "Okay, sure. And they uh, they make their way. And uh, he sees what they've been up to, these survivors. And he's just (laughs) his mon Dieu, my God. He, you know, grass huts and and tree ho- tree homes and stuff like that, and they've probably been making stuff using a a, a dope, was Adobe, um, Photoshop.
0: Adobe, it. say it with me. Stop it.
1: <laughs> um, and yeah, he's he's just kind of amazed at how society is being rebuilt, and then he starts. Seeing that there are other people he knows that are there, like Wally West, who unfortunately uh, you know was an amputee, he lost one of his legs in the whole uh, kerfuffle. Um, I do think it's funny, like that one guy with his. Hold on, I'll go back for one second. That one guy with his fist in the air, he the clothes and coloring and everything. It, it's very reminiscent of Miss, Mr. Mix's spit. That's look. what
0: I was thinking. You know, I'm like, why does he look like him?
1: Yeah, um, white hair and all. Uh, but yeah, Diane explain, Diana explains to him like, "Oh, you know, uh, there's a council meeting that's about to take place, and John jo- John Jones is the president. He was elected, uh, and he's he's fighting to see get them to try to live coexist with the mutants, uh, with uh, Scott Free and uh, Big Barda there as well, trying you know taking his side." saying like yeah we we need to learn how to work together and of course guy gardner is being a a fucking shithead saying like nah we're the normies and oh no they're the normies and we're the problem you know so we gotta fight and then we see that um cheetah who is stuck in her animal form and the joker are part of the council as well um and like they are in absolutely like productive members of society uh and then billy batson also known as captain marvel or to some people out there shazam um he is he's a little you know a couple years older probably i'd say like 18 19 at this point um and his whole attitude is we should put these freaks in the ground before they multiply and devour us it's like wow there is that is that compassion that the wizard tapped in you that he knew you'd be the right guy for the champion, right, Bill? Jesus.
0: Well, maybe maybe it was like the movie where he was literally the last person left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm all out of options. Oh, all right. I didn't realize this was the bar at 2 AM. But uh yeah, so they're they're just going back and forth about what to do about that, and then uh, the Joker stands up and he says, well, looks like we have a newcomer that needs to be welcomed since, you know, in the midst of all our infighting here. And uh, Diana says, oh, well, he used to be called Superman. He says, it's just plain old Clark Kent now. And then somebody, someone, no one will ever see again goes, so that's who he hit out as. All right, Joe Schmo. Guess you were a subscriber to the Daily Planet. Jerk. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we we see that Billy Batson just kind of is giving Clark the thousand-yard stare. And uh, with everybody coming to welcome Clark, it's the first time he's been around that many people in that long, and he has a full-blown fucking panic attack and uh, runs off. We see that Matrix, uh, who, is, uh, who is Supergirl for the 80s and through the 90s, like Death and Return of Superman, uh, she was a shape shape changer from a, an alternate reality um, that took on she, her, her act, her persona actually from the reality she was in was Lana Lang, believe it or not. Um, but she, uh, she is here now. She's stuck in her diminutive matrix form and she's mute. Uh, she apparently got really messed up um, because of the whole nuclear Holocaust thing. And uh, you know he's it kind of snaps him back, and he's just like, oh, this is great. She's like family, and um, she apparently is real chummy, like sort of a pet to Scott and Big Bart Scott Free and Big Barda's kids, uh, who are named Orion and Cassandra. And uh, in the it, at the same time, Bill Batson, Billy Batson tends to I shouldn't say tends. He makes it known that he and Diana. Used to be a thing. And that's when Diana says, please, we're ancient history. Which it's like what's ancient history? Was it like a year ago? That's damn Diana, you're cold. <laughs> I don't I, I can't I don't know what the issues were between them. I, I can't. I, I tell
0: her. you, she definitely seems like someone who'd move on quick. So Fair enough, yeah.
1: Um I mean she's immortal. She was immortal for for, a, you know a good stretch of her existence, so
0: I, I'm sure that any number of things he could have done to uh, try to get on her bad side and she would not have that, you know, like, yeah. like he just seems like a piece of crap. So <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
1: Um, But she kind of like moves to to Clark and, you know, she's just like being more like, hey, buddy, you know, we're glad you're here. And, um, you know, Billy, of course, gives the side eye. He's like, oh, I fucking know there's something up here. And after uh we we start seeing like a little bit of a montage but people are working harder and harder on um getting their community built up and and the infrastructure all squared away and uh it says the joker a one-time madman made sane by the disaster that destroyed our world works endlessly to build a generator to bring ele- generator to bring electricity to the town which uh, I think is funny. I I don't think it was necessarily the disaster that would have restored his, quote restored his sanity.
2: Everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're
0: so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways Podcast Network. Give a listen, dudes. Kawabunga is this podcast for you?
1: Um, I feel as though the absolute insanity of what happened combined with, of all things, the knowledge of the death of Batman would have enabled him to be like, yeah, you know what, what's the point of, of being the Joker anymore? Like that's sort of his whole thing is, you know, to be the, the opposite side of the coin to Batman. And if there's no Batman, does there need to be a Joker? His, cause that's, that's his raison d'être, right? I mean, am I, am I wrong? You guys, you guys, no,
2: I mean, that's what I thought as well. Uh, well, something similar, like, you know, it's uh, just the psychosis of it all probably just snapped him into uh, reality.
1: Yeah, we've, I, I we've think seen,
0: we've seen that in another Else Worlds too. I believe where where he was just a regular person, and I I've, maybe it was the one where he was stuck in the Phantom Zone. Was he in the Phantom Zone? Not not that one. There there was another another one where he was uh, like somewhat sane.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I, I kind of like the idea here that it, it sort of plays on the the Lex Luthor without Superman idea. You know, I, I it's always, Lex Luthor's always been, you know, even in like all-star Superman, it's, it's always been like, oh, I could have done so much for the world if it weren't for you. And it's Superman's like, I never stopped you from doing any of that. You just became obsessed with trying to take me out. You could have done that at any point it's sort of the same thing here i see with with the joker it's like oh look at look at you actually were a pr- you are a brilliant guy that's why you're one of the craziest most dangerous super like criminals out there but with no batman you can apply yourself to other things and you know th- there's no society to take down so why fight instead of you know it, it just makes more sense to yeah to build everything up, it, you know, the Joker has no place in a in a world without society to tear down down to the to rubble. That's that's my view of it anyway. And um, somehow they figured out how to make plastic.
0: <laughs> like, well, I, I I kind of glommed from some of this what they were saying about like Scott Free and Barda that they were doing some stuff with uh, apocalyptic, uh, like apocalypse uh, sort of apocalyptic uh, tech. You, you know like that kind of stuff and it's like all right yeah plastic you know what whatever plastic okay or they found yeah. a three D
2: printer thanks yeah. mother box
0: yeah kind I mean kind of you know <laughs> yeah, probably um, but
1: then you know we see that Clark and Diana are a thing and uh, Billy can see them up on their little uh, balcony from the ground and he's like this sucks she used to be my girl but, but now I'm just number two again. And I was always I was I was number two compared to Superman, which is really funny when you think about like the real world shit, because uh, Captain Marvel ended up eventually getting bought by DC Comics. But DC slash National Publications took Fawcett Comics to court because they said that Captain Marvel was way too similar to Superman because he outsold Superman. Captain Marvel was actually number one in sales and popularity over Superman. Shortly after his debut, and stayed that way until they took him to court.
0: Oh wow! Yep, it's such a Disney move. Oh, for <laughs> real, yeah.
1: Pre pre Disney Disneyization, fanrific.
0: Um, it is funny because he reminds me of Reggie from friggin' uh, Archie comics. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. That is very fair. Um,
1: and we see that uh, Billy has run out to like a, a bit of a clearing in the woods, and he's just. All kinds of pissed with Clark Kent and Superman, and he says the magic word Shazam! And he turns into Captain Marvel. It turns out he still has his ability to turn into uh, the world's mightiest mortal. And uh, he starts flying around, and he's like, Ah, this is great, no one can stop me. I'm oh, he's right there, he's like, I'm the world's mightiest mortal. And uh, as he's flying around, uh, an errant Thunderbolt from the sky in and of itself hits him Uh, and it, it turns him back into Billy Batson, like m- mid flight and he crashes back to the ground and he just gets like super just dis- discouraged. And uh it says he suffers from a long moment of pain, less physical than psychological. And he just, uh it says he had the briefest glimpse at the man he used to be. I mean, they make it seem here that, it's not something that he can do uh, very often, but like, it, it, it's just, it's kind of strange to me. Like he never, did he not try to say Shazam before this moment in all this time? And because of the way that they say this, like the briefest glimpse, when we move forward, we see that we uh, you know, after Clark and Diana get married by John Jones, Uh, Clark is sitting down writing which makes sense he was a reporter and he's he's journaling uh, but he says that we're experiencing an almost nightly series of thunderstorms and after each storm we all seem to be experiencing an incremental return of those abilities and and powers that used to set us apart it's like okay so Billy can do this whenever you know is it is it a matter of building up the tolerance like the, the more often he does it the longer he can stay as Captain Marvel they don't really get into that like that was just... kind of
0: my read on it it was it was kind of like that
1: but they don't they don't really specify
0: um yeah correct I I but that was what I was saying like he's doing it so often that it's you know creating these storms yeah
1: and so, uh so, uh, so what was that Leo? No, I was just gonna
2: say my take on it is just going back a couple uh let me just find it here. Like that that ray of light that he's being hit by, uh, I took it as like you know, uh, the weather is like sort of like lightening up from after the Holocaust, uh, that enabled him to to do it again. That that was my take.
1: I know it's probably wrong, but I mean, I didn't I didn't get that from it. I just felt like oh you know he that's the clearing he's standing at standing in, you know like there there's just like a small opening in the canopy above him. You know, and and that's the the moonlight shining down.
2: Because gotcha. it is
1: it is evening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh then he goes flying around and blah blah blah. But you know, to each their own. I don't we haven't really seen that the weather has been troublesome since Clark has been back to this society. Um so which the name of the town is champion by the way that's what they decided to call it um but we haven't seen any severe problems with the weather up until this point so whether it was clear or not they 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 never say uh but it is obviously worth noting for clark's part that they're getting nightly thunderstorms which is out of the norm uh and we, we have Clark and Diana both getting their abilities back. Uh, they had a they had a baby that they named Bruce. Um, and other people are getting their abilities or getting abilities. Uh, and Wally West, you know, had to. It says uh, he was watching in frustration as he watched his protege Powell Lewis disappear disappear in a blur. So it is kind of cool though that Wally was taking on uh, you know a a mentor capacity. He, even though he couldn't move about the way he could like that that's that falls right in line with the legacy of the flash i think uh cool.
0: is sh- uh who who's that character um uh, no one Howard. oh just okay yep.
1: just someone they made for this story uh which which is pretty cool uh I, I i dig it you know they they gave the character name didn't need to touch back to anything that we know from any other story or comic book beforehand um, but Clark does make note in his journaling that uh, they don't see Billy as often as they as they used to. He disappears for weeks at a time, uh, and they're starting to get more and more reports of volcanic activity and tidal waves. Um, and when Billy does come back, he still stays away from everybody. He just he doesn't really partake of the community. He's just kind of like there to rest his hat and then make his way back out. Uh, and all the while, we know that Billy is the one that's responsible for these thunderstorms that are giving everyone these powers because he keeps saying Shazam every night and turning into Captain Marvel. Uh, and he starts having delusions of grandeur, uh, ones in which he will run the you know, rule the earth and uh, have Diana at his side. And he shows up back a champion, finally uh, confident in his plan. And basically tells people like, hey, if you if you you know don't uh, don't want to stick around here and you actually want to you know make a, a a better world altogether and we can we can actually take the reins of the destiny of this planet and away from the mutants and what have you, then follow me. And like half the population of champion follows Captain Marvel away to wherever the hell he's been going and setting up. Uh, and we get to a point where. Clark is writing in his journal again and says, it's been three years since Batson took his people and left to form Marvel City. Uh, And from what our visitors have told us on their return, you couldn't find two more different towns. Now, of course, those visits are over since Batson has cut off all relations with us. Uh, So there's champion and Marvel city and, Mm -hmm. you know, Captain Marvel is clearly setting himself up to be like, you know, uh, what, what do they call it, a Tim Pot dictator? Yep. He's, you know, just probably ruling that area with an iron fist and believes himself to be fair and benevolent, but he's he's a world-class piece of shit. Um, and Bruce is, I mean, Bruce, yeah. Clark is just, uh, you know, still, he's writing, ruminating on all that, but also saying, like, hey, it's really great, though, to have, have our kid Bruce and see him grow up and, you know... This place, which we both love, uh, talks about the fact that Arthur is still alive. He got mutated into like a giant half eel thing, half sea serpent, uh, and he is still the king of the seas. So, you know, once again, Arthur's still the ruler of the vast majority of the planet, and they're looking to him for assistance in stopping uh, the confrontation with, with uh, Billy Batson and Marvel city. And we see that some of the people, some of the individuals that they have to deal with uh, are what first and foremost is Metallo. Yeah. uh, Superman's foe. uh, And he's assembled an army of, of mutants. Those, uh, those same crow Magnon looking dudes, uh, spread throughout from the radiation and what have you. And, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to really get that treaty going with, with Arthur in order to stave off any sort of battle with, with all these different factors with not having to lose lives on any side. You know, it's always, it's always about peace and never about, never about fighting with the good guys, which is admirable. Mm -hmm. if not a little naive. Uh, and, as they're making their way john jones diana and cheetah to try and and get that treaty underway Uh, they are attacked by several individuals wearing uh varying degrees of red red maroon burgundy colored uh costumes with uh yellow boots yellow wrists wristlets and yellow uh Belts, I guess you could say, with hoods, dark gray hoods over their faces. And they attack all three of them. They snap Cheetah's neck with a chain. They kill John Jones with an explosion. Mm -hmm. And then they remove their hoods. And it's Billy Batson and his kids, his illegitimate kids, who he is imbued with the power of Shazam. Uh, and working in tow with Metallo, and they grab Diana and do something to her, uh, break her neck or, or something. I don't I don't know that, but she is murdered. And Clark like loses. It. He's like, it was Metallo, and like, yeah, but it was also Billy Batson. So you know, stick that in your pipe and smoke it for all it's worth. Yeah, and. You know he grabs Diana's body, uh, slams into a mountain uh, with with her body, and turns it into a a tomb for her. And decides to go after Billy Batson right there in the heart of Marvel City. And he starts seeing some crazy activity from the Earth itself, volcanic activity, and looks at underneath the surface with his X-ray vision and sees that. Everything that's been happening to the earth and with those thunderstorms, he figures out, like, oh my god, it's the thunder from it's the lightning from Billy Batson that's been giving us our powers back. Uh, and he's also destroying our planet, like we're all gonna die. And as he's flying and you know, all crazy distraught, he sees a, a tiny green glow in a ruined city below and he sees a girl dancing around a flicking dancing around a flickering lantern. And it turns out it's matrix in her, in more of a female uh, form dancing around Hal Jordan's green lantern. And she also has the ring and she gives them both to Clark. And he thinks to himself, this could be a devastating weapon or it might be our salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see going past that, that the inevitable war between the two factions are, is is coming to a head Superman and Billy Batson at the front line of each. And they're just, uh, they're going nuts. They're, they're throwing, especially Shazam. He's throwing taunts at Superman. And he's like, you're a coward. And, you know, Clark's trying to tell him like, dude, every time you say the fucking word, you're, You're destroying the planet. You say it like one more time and we're, we're kaput. And, uh, you know, the volcanic activity starts spewing up magma and and splitting the ground all over the place, destroying a lot of the area that was livable that they had. And, you know, he's just trying to say like, why are you doing this? And Batson's like, Oh, it's meant to be. And as he's getting ready to go on like a whole supervillain monologue, he gets hit by a, two bolts of lightning one strikes him and turns him back into Billy Batson. And and as he's falling mid flight, like just because of the transition, it hits him again and actually like kills him. And, uh, he Clark grabs the body, which was smoldering and then just throws, throws him into the magma. That's coming out of one of the volcanoes nearby.
0: That was freaking cold, man. (laughs) I mean,
1: I don't blame him at that point. I don't either, but man, you know, and um, that's when shit really just starts going right. Everything starts blowing up. It's we're really getting like a whole Krypton about to explode type deal here. And uh, Clark calls his little boy Bruce to him, and uh, and then he says, "Bring me the power batter- power ring, and battery, Bruce." And they says, "He says, why, Dad? Because it's time for you to spread a legend and maybe create one of your own." my son looks at me with utter incomprehension, but I know what I have to do. And uh, he ends up making a sort of space vessel Mm -hmm. with the ring and battery and places, Bruce inside with the ring and the battery itself. uh, And then puts the journal that he's been keeping all these years inside of it with him. So Bruce can see what everything that led up to that moment. And, finishes up which this is weird i don't know how he would have had time to write this considering like it was last minute there he says when you read these words son you will know your heritage my blessings are yours you bear a great and honorable heritage of two lost worlds on your shoulders in my memory and that of your mother i beg you carry it well all my love your father kal-el clark kent superman the end slash the beginning and we see the emerald vessel created by the power battery flying away at high speed away from the now exploding planet Earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that's that's what we got. That's, that's Superman Distant Fires, uh, which, like I said, it's crazy how they ended with the end slash the beginning. It would have been interesting to see some kind of weird follow-up like they did with Su- uh, Superman Last Son of Earth.
0: Yeah, yeah. I-, I wonder if the ship is headed towards Oa.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would think so, yeah. You, especially because somebody now has the ring, has put it on, and oh, that would like straight up alert them, like, hey, who's using a fucking ring?
0: That's, that's the only sort of hole that I was thinking. It's like, all right, there's a uh, Green Lantern ring just hanging out, so normally that would try to find the next person, and how come it didn't go to Gardner or anything else like that? But it's like, I guess we got to kind of give that a break. You know, but it's like, all right, I I'll, I'll give I mean, I would point. say I would
1: say just from Garner's attitude in the book, like, I don't know that he'd be worthy of the ring at that point.
0: I was wondering if that was part of what uh Captain Marvel's issue was, because whenever he was trying to think about something shitty to do, like, that's when the lightning would hit him again. You know, that's like, true. Like I didn't think an, of that. He wasn't living up to those ideals like he wasn't being a hero. He was being an absolute villain. But yeah, I mean, no, that's a good
1: point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's um, a good take. But yeah, I I really like for me over the years because I've I've had this story for a long time. Like I, I've had it physically. I remember buying it when it came out. Um, I always thought like it would be really cool to see like in continuation where Bruce is actually brought to Oa. Like it's one like a tractor. Like sort of whoop, here you go. You have no choice. You got to come here. Um, and they realize like he is the last scion of three different societies, essentially like it's Krypton Themyscira, like as an Amazon, but also representative of earth Terra, as it was. Um, And I feel like he would have been taken in and basically trained from the ground up to be like the greatest green lantern.
0: It'd yeah, be interesting he, it would be just like the Daxon that they have. I always forget his name, but...
1: Yadam Sot.
0: Yadam Sot. yeah. Yeah, he's cool.
1: Yeah, actually, I appreciate what they did with Yadam Sot too, because Daxonites
0: allergic, to yeah.
1: allergic to lead, and they actually made sure he got exposed to lead. So being a Green Lantern is the only thing that's preventing him from dying of lead poisoning.
0: It yeah, and he, he doesn't have to use his ring for the most part, which is kind of neat. You know, um, he he generally won't use the ring and he'll just use the powers instead. So it's uh, he's an interesting character.
1: Yeah, I, I I really I I enjoyed that they made him a Green Lantern once again. Far more interesting than Hal Jordan, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Oh yeah, I mean you got like like Nort and uh, Green Guy and you know oh god who's the the Chipmunk guy Monked you know it's like there, there's all oh, kinds god. of guys you know Salak yeah. yeah there's there's all kinds of interesting stuff there.
1: But I, I just I feel like there could have been at least one more like follow up story to this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's OK that they didn't do it, of course. But who knows? Because at this point, Elseworlds is going to be getting started up again. We could very well see follow up slash sequels sequels made to stories that came out in, in the yeah. 90s. You know, I would I, I would love to see it done um you know just done because there's an there's a, a good story to tell not just for the sake of doing it
0: well they they already have the basic framework there but how cool would it be to see that or or maybe to see something where it's like what if someone did an updated version of the emerald knight you know where it didn't suck you know oh, <laughs> it's like, that would be great that would be
1: that would be interesting um like uh it sucks because In Darkest Night is such a good title for a Batman Green Lantern Elseworld that if you were if you were to try to do it again, like I mean man, I, the temptation to name it in Darkest Night or like In Darkest Night Redux would would definitely be there. I could see it. Um man, ima- ima- just imagine. How oh, well you could do it nowadays if you had somebody like Oh, I don't know. Tom Taylor do it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Greetings, ship Beavins. We are the Retro Redoctabus Cephala Podcast a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. That sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Red Octopus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some uh-huh, very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. What's that? And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. <laughs>
1: You can listen to Retro Octopus on Apple Podcast,
0: Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. It would be great. Or even even if it was was like some of the other guys that you get in there, you know, like uh, what what if they got some of the old timers, you know, um, like uh, uh, J.M. Mateus to do it? You know that that'd be. Oh yeah. I love his stuff. Mark Wade. You know, like pull some of these guys out and be like, hey, can you do this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's just like there were so many good stories that were done, but there were also some really silly ones. Uh, And I feel like with coming back as a label, as an imprint, I should say, as an imprint, they really should focus on like making it as as fantastic as possible. Don't don't lean into the goofier aspects of it. If if somebody has a silly idea, put it on the back burner and wait for this to to be established as a thing again for a few years.
0: To be like Mogo doesn't socialize, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it just if, like
1: if
2: you think of it as a uh, as a business decision, it, it would be very smart of them to go back to the well for a lot of these stories and yeah. do the continuation. Cause then they could do, you know, a trade, Hey, we're going to be doing a sequel to this. Here's a updated trade of, you know, such and such.
0: Yeah, That's very uh, much in line with what Jim Lee likes to do. It, and I, yeah. I think honestly, the graphic novels is like Warner's category that that's like their biggest seller. So, you know,
1: yeah, I actually wouldn't mind seeing them like take at some point not straight away like i w- I want to see I don't want to see things revamped per se straight away but uh in darkest night and speeding bullets speeding bullets like there's so much there that could be done well uh that can be done as more of a mini series than a one shot and, and without getting hokey uh, with some of the stuff like that's great that he becomes Superman at the end. But like the thing that throws me off at the end of speeding bullets is like he becomes Superman, but you can see his face and everybody fucking knows he's Bruce Wayne. You know, like how are you going to be multi-millionaire, playboy, Bruce Wayne and Superman dude? Like you got to pick one. Like the mask with Batman was the way to go. You could still be Batman and not be a fucking nightmare. (laughs) Like,
0: yeah. And I, I think that is where it was going, you know, for, for sure. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I think he had like that weird eradicator sort of. Yeah, that,
1: yeah, yeah. It comes, it comes up like, a, you know what it is? It looks like the fucking mask he had is electric Superman. Like, the oh, the-
0: you're right. Yeah, like the Gambit sort of mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Gambit mask. They, yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's a lot of ideas that that can be expanded upon and i'm sure there's plenty of stuff that they have um that hopefully doesn't just completely harken back to stuff that we've seen it's not it shouldn't all be sequelizations or, or anything like that like let's let's get some fun new ideas things that people are actually excited to make that will get other people excited to read that's yeah. that's my big thing
0: barbarian batman i'm i'm thinking that looks pretty cool and and i know there's another superman story coming uh
1: so yeah, I I just to. I also want to make I hope that they don't just lean fully on Batman the whole time. Like, there's already a glut of Batman Elseworlds. Oh, dude,
0: there's so many more new characters that they can deal with now. You know, it's like you think about when they started versus now. We could get Elseworlds uh, Harley Quinn. You know, and yeah. it could be completely independent. You know? Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. You know, there's there's just a lot of stuff, a lot, and. Yeah. I would, I would honestly like to see like them take do some more Green Lantern
0: ones. Yeah, Green Lantern, Aquaman would be interesting. You yeah, know, I you would know really like. They haven't done a single
1: now. Aquaman one that I can think yep. of. Um, I'd like to see an honest to goodness like Flash, Elseworlds.
0: Yeah, Flash. Um, another, another I mean, good
1: one. Because the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head are the annual that they did during the whole like Elseworlds annual year, which is like the story of Barry Allen, which it's, it's all, it's not great. Um, And then they do it like a movie kind of thing. And then the one, uh, the three issue miniseries flashpoint, which is well before the giant crossover event that led into 52 uh, in that Barry Allen goes to stop president john f kennedy from being assassinated and uh stops the bu- stops one bullet but that doesn't see the second bullet coming that hits him in the back of the neck and paralyzes him from the neck down but he still has the fastest mind of any man alive and he dedicates himself fully to science because he is a scientist and works on the betterment and advancement of society with a new business partner, Vandal Savage.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, see? And another another character that would be interesting to watch is Vandal Savage, you know, doing something like this.
1: I'd love to see a thing involving Vandal Savage and Resurrection Man.
0: Because I, I thought he those... was dead.
1: <laughs> it's in the name. Oh, it's not just clever. I get it now. Man, they uh, suck. Because, <laughs> like, the whole idea between the two of them, uh, at least over the past several years, is that um, they are actually both two sides of the same coin. Uh, Vandal Savage was from a Neanderthal tribe, and Resurrection Man was from the one of the newly formed, like, Homo sapien tribes, and they both got exposed to the meteorite that fell that gave vandal savage his immortality this guy got immortality too but in a completely different way he dies and comes back like you know it, it, there's just like there's some interesting interesting shit that can be done there I, i'd love to yeah, see him play he comes back
0: he has a different power
1: yes um which they did something awesome with that in the dc one million series um which I, I wouldn't mind trying to cover a little bit of It's That's far enough away from what's actually established to be called sort of platinum Pete, <laughs> platinum peat. <Pete. laughs> <laughs> you know it, man. That's a
0: deep but yeah. cut. But still, if you've read the, the booster gold series, you'll, you know what we're talking about. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, like overall, like once again, I finished this and it does, you know, whether or not like you think the story is, is a hundred percent fantastic it still ends with doing exactly the thing I love about a lot of these, a lot of these stories, what ifs and else worlds. Uh, but I get to the last page, but it's not the last part of the story for you. If you want to let your mind wander, you know, the, the last page doesn't mean the end of the story and the fact that they, they kind of end it on such familiar um visuals with the planet exploding and the ship going out and the soul survivor oh man that could be so much fun and you know it it is you make of it what you will choose your own adventure at that point yeah
0: yeah it,
2: definitely it makes you think what if oh wait no that's, that's... <laughs> if yes what?
1: yes <laughs> what if but not tm
2: <laughs> <laughs> i i uh said. <laughs> i do like uh well i don't like but it, it, it's um how Superman sacrifices himself at the end. You know, yeah. he says, uh, you know, uh, unlike my father, I can build a ship for two, but he decides not to go to sort of like, you know,
1: some of- people, some people could look at that and be like, uh, why though? Why, why willfully abandon an orphan, your child? Like you could, you could leave with him and find somewhere to go. Um, which I understand that as well. I think, you know, if we're thinking thematically though, um, and, and not just the Mackley, but within the confines of the story itself, uh, you know, Clark uh, might not. Great intention for making sure your son survives. Uh, he did lose every other important person in his life. The guy already was having like panic attacks and seeing people and hearing voices so I think it's reasonable to say, not that they played it up as much at the end there, but he would not have been necessarily in the rightest frame of mind.
0: Yeah. And and I mean he was probably mad with grief too, you know, from yeah. just having lost his wife and this is the best thing.
1: I just want to die. Like, all right. I mean, don't do that, but I understand the sentiment. <laughs> like
0: And we just assume, we just assume as well that he died. You know, we, we have no indication, you know, um, because like you said, it's like, choose your own adventure. He may not have died, you know? Yeah. He may, he may have just wanted to see it through and that's what happened. And after the planet's gone, he's the only thing that's left. I mean, it'd probably be him, him, Vandal Savage, Resurrection Man. And, (laughs) you know, like, like who else would be there, you know?
1: Oh shit. And Plastic Man
0: yeah yeah yeah. plastic man just like holding together all the rocks you know so i'm doing my best i i I got a new job it's called gravity
1: shit uh but uh yeah so so that's superman distant fires uh i think it's i think it's definitely worth a read um it's it's up there for me but it's not it's not like one of my all-time favorites but i enjoy it
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of feel the same way after having like read a couple of these, like there's some similar notes and all that. I I keep going back to the one where, you know, John Jones was in the phantom zone, you know, where he was, um, you know, he had like JLA, the secret society of superheroes. Yeah. yeah, Like, like some of that stuff, like I, I I go back to that one a lot and it's like, Oh, I kind of like appreciate some of the other ones a little bit more after reading all these and the, the last son of Krypton and the last son of earth and all that, I think like stand above this one for me, you know,
1: last son of, last son of earth and last stand on krypton those are like such high watermarks, i think for oh, the yeah. entire imprint uh it it really showed like thought given to oh how do we tell a different type of superman story uh you know which which isn't just like oh he landed in a different place on earth you yeah because we
0: we've seen that you know yeah i mean, I mean it's like as much as i like speeding bullets it's like yeah but it's like a pretty like like on the nose premise. Yeah. You know,
1: Uh, I mean, but even red sun, (laughs) red sun, I was going to say, even with red sun, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, I will, I will say red sun has an interesting conceit at the end that we will cover at some other point. I'm not going to say anything about it now, but um, even that flies in the face of what Canon is insofar as the character, like, okay, that's fun. And it's definitely a, what the fuck got you moment, but it's not actually, how it goes down in the comics so what the fuck was going like you just once again like this isn't like necessarily like trying to be edgy but at the same time like miller come on yeah. man you're just making up your own fucking rules now but you did this solely so people would go what the fuck and which i did admittedly when i read that book i, I literally went what the fuck
0: Well, and Um, that's that's your um your Elseworlds uh, Green Lantern. I mean, that's that's probably one of the best examples of Elseworlds Green Lanterns is uh, Red Sun. You know,
1: yeah, I I, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot that we we hopefully are going to see in the next couple of years. Um, and I'm I'm excited for it. And things like this, this was like the meat and potatoes of Elseworlds for a very long time. These kinds of one shot prestige format stories um and you know i think that's sort of that or an actual mini series is the best approach for it and and to to give it the the actual consideration it needs when you start getting into um quick three-parters in annuals and stuff like that which is what they did it starts to cheapen the approach and Focuses more on just cranking out stuff under the imprint, as opposed yeah. to the quality of the imprint.
0: Which is, I think, what you run into with a lot of the what ifs from Marvel that we had been reading, where it's like, there's like, okay, here's an idea that somebody threw up on a dartboard, and they're like, all right, well, Punisher, throw him at it, and it's like, okay, and uh, Hawkeye's there. Well, who, who else? An old man fashioning a canoe out of a log. Okay, and uh, uh, Wolverine <laughs> is uh, is there, but he's Wendigo. Oh, okay, you know. It's like all right some of this stuff may work but it's like this is
1: Yeah crazy. that's that is really silly when it comes to what ifs too for sure. So tune in next week as we read what if the Punisher <laughs> be, became an agent of shield <laughs> which is an actual issue of what if by the way. Um but yeah we'll uh it sounds like you guys were were not in love with it I'm not either.
0: Oh I, like- I liked it actually. I mean I I, I liked it more than I disliked it for sure. It's just, it, it does hit a lot of those notes and you can't help but compare it to some of the other ones. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it comes in below the other ones, like the last, last stand on Krypton and, and, and all that, like, and even, even that Mignola story that we read, the, uh, the one that was, was it a uh, uh, Superman, like one thirty eight or something oh, like Superman that. Superman 18. Yeah. That one, that, that was really good, you know? And yeah,
1: well, I mean that, that one right there is like, for, you know, as I said in, in that episode, uh, that was my first real alternate reality comic book. You know, seeing uh, seeing Superman revisit Krypton. The, the, I mean, the name of it is Return to Krypton, and watching him have those like kryptonite-fueled fever dreams where he imagines jor being able to get everybody off of Krypton. What a fucking dystopian nightmare that would have been. Holy shit.
0: I was just trying <laughs> to see. I knew there was that.
1: Yeah, written by John Byrne and, and drawn by Mike Mignola.
0: And what was the other one? The uh for the man who has everything?
1: Oh uh, yeah, uh the Black that Mercy. Was,
0: yeah, the Black Mercy one. I was just As, thinking about that. I was like, shit, because that one's kind of an alternate reality one. Oh too. yeah,
1: we're going to we're going to cover that.
0: Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, it is in this book.
1: Yeah. Uh that was Alan Moore who who wrote that one. It was Alan Moore. Yeah
0: that yeah. makes perfect sense because that that's right in in line with whatever happened to the man from tomorrow uh the man man of tomorrow
1: yep tomorrow, which yeah. was the last uh last pre-crisis superman story which essentially ends the the story of superman sho-
0: which and i know i brought that up last episode but i was just you know we're talking, push Boston, come, we're talking about we're talking about you know Alan yeah, Moore.
1: Push, push comes to sh- push comes to shove too um you know the end of Whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, it's very similar to how he ended Watchmen with Dan and, and Laurie. It's like the same exact thing. Like, oh, he dyes his hair. He pretends to be somebody else. Like, he's no longer Clark Kent. He's not Superman anymore. That's that. And it's, it's like the same exact way he ends things with Al, Alan. Um, I mean, not Alan. Oh, my God. Dave Gibbons
0: okay. uh, for
1: for the main for the the main protagonist of Watchmen
0: Dan Dryberg. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah Dan Dreiberg and Laurie Juspec uh, so you know once again it's like i remember reading that book long before i ever read watchmen as a kid and when i finally got to watchmen my my dad was a huge fan of the twilight zone and the outer limits and so when i first read watchmen i straight away was like this reminds me of an episode of the outer limits that had Robert Culp in it. And what sparked that was (laughs) actually watching the television and it says the outer limits. And that's what like made me think. And it, I couldn't remember the name of the episode for the longest time, but it turns out that Alan Moore likely, you know, he was called out when, when writing it, for cribbing the end of that particular episode of *The Outer Limits*, starring Robert Culp, called *The Architects of Fear*.
0: That's uh Robert Culp was the guy from uh, *I uh, Spy*, Greatest American the Greatest Hero, American right? Hero. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Maxwell. Yeah, um, but the thing is, when when it comes to how the characters are sort of given a happy ending, in a, in a manner of speaking, in *Watchmen*, I remember seeing that and I was like that's literally the same exact thing that Alan Moore did for Clark Kent in whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Like almost to a T.
0: I just Um, think of the ending of a uh, episode of the Treehouse of horror from the symptoms where everything just wraps up. It's like this crazy thing happened. It's like, well, we're back to normal. Like, yeah, that's how it happened. (laughs) Oh boy.
1: But uh, yeah, so anyway, i you know seems like we're all in agreement. This was this was a decent Elseworld. Uh,
0: not any critiques there, Leo. You you've been uh, a little quiet.
2: Yeah, no, uh, it was definitely a. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it. It's the one thing that just troubled me was like the very beginning, like how everything. I, I know you need this as a story point, but like uh, just thinking, you know, S- Superman most likely would have been able to stop the the missiles you know it, it's like who's who's watching the the world you know um mm-hmm. who's He's watching, watching the watchmen the computers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, I i know the computers are you know taking care of uh everything and they launch all the missiles and everything but you would think that like batman would have thought ahead and probably would have had his own monitoring or uh you know something somebody justice, justice know.
0: league watchtower anything yeah. you know
1: like where were they? That's true. Um, they were, uh, they were uh, not doing their job. Leo, I got nothing. I. Can't. Well, <laughs> it's it's a, no, it it's was, a solid point. But yeah, with a, all those superheroes, hard. why didn't why didn't they do anything? Yeah. Uh, it's not like this was Kingdom Come, and they were like superhuman-proof missiles that were being blasted all over the planet. But uh, well, well like I said, it, it, it's it's not the strongest of the Else worlds, but it's far from the weakest.
0: Yeah. It, it and really plus, is. Plus too, it's pretty much, it talks about the environmental impact of this stuff going off. So we have to accept that it went off, but really instead of, instead of it like blowing up a city, it fucked up the planet, you know, like that's kind of the idea, you know, the radiation and yeah. boiling rain and all that kind of stuff. So, but you know, which is an crazy. answer just not yeah it's not <laughs>
1: definitive but
0: yeah. there's but, a no prize here
1: <laughs> yeah there's i mean i had issues with it too as i said when we were reading and like uh this seems to be an awful lot, of, like, lot of mutation like yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely worth a read you know it, it's it's a it's
2: a good story um yeah it's enjoyable. yeah i
1: think once you get past like the the rapid radiated mutation stuff and he's on his journey yeah. to to find other people like once he he starts off on that that foot sets down on the first like first steps to finding kryptonite and then you know diana and then champion or whatever you like that's when the story really picks up when you have clark wallowing in
0: oh yeah that's rough
1: survivor's guilt and pity it's not to say that that's actually like cringeworthy it needs to happen for sure but like there was probably stronger ways to go about doing it all You know, if anything, you could have, you could have played up the whole missile thing, like to make it make more sense for, for everything. Like it wasn't straight up nuclear. It was, they were weapons designed to, to screw up, to fuck up like entire environments. That's why you saw all kinds of stuff get mutated, both, Uh, the the settings and the 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 creatures the the living beings in the areas then that would have made a lot of sense like that combined with radiation absolutely but there was nothing said of it yeah and like we're already talking about people who can fucking fly and shoot lasers out of their fucking hands and shit like i don't think that's a bridge too far science fiction wise but it is what it is Uh, you know at least it's at least it's not you know What's a, what's a terrible At least it's not in darkest night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, I, that one had one of the best premises in the weakest executions. And, and, you know, it kills me to say that. Cause I'm like, man, what a cool idea. Just a piss poor X, you know, execution. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's,
1: uh, let's call it there. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up and, uh, we'll, we'll get ready to do our thing for the next couple of episodes we're doing for this and our other show. Uh, I will say uh, for my part, everyone, I am Powerful Brandon. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to check out uh, more of our stuff, you can uh, come on over to Instagram and check out at Comics Paradox Podcast, uh, as well as ComicsParadox.com. That's C-O-M-I-X-P-A-R-A-D-O-X. You can also follow me on social media at Instagram. Um, I am at Powers uh and uh come on over to facebook and check out uh the powers combined group we're just a a consortium of geeks and nerds that like to get together and share info news memes all kinds of fun and jokes to be shared by all our number one rule there is don't be a jerk if you violate that you'll be booted immediately uh we have a bunch of other stuff on the dorkening network uh you want to go to the dorkening.com see all kinds of the Myriad of up to what 40 45 shows that we have covering a plethora of topics. New shows Uh, added daily, yep, all the time. And uh, we also have another show that the three of us do. I will let one of these guys tell you about it though, and uh, I'll hand it off to uh, Mr. Justin Cooper.
0: Yeah, um, you know, we at uh, Comics Paradox know that you have a choice of where you listen to us, but uh, hopefully you'll check us out on Good and uh you know go on good pods you can actually rate the episodes on there and uh you can uh, take a look at and, and just uh and you know, give us a good review if you liked it, if you like what you heard. You can also check out our other show called The Dork Knight, which is a Batman-themed show where you've got uh, two fans like Leo and myself. And, uh, you know, Brandon's kind of a fan, you know, of Batman, but he's not, like, as sick about it as we are. We're, we're kind of nuts about it. Um, I
1: enjoy the concept more than the execution yeah, most exactly, of the time.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, check, it, check out our other show called The Dork Knight Podcast, you know, uh, and uh, check out this pat- podcast uh, on Good Pods.
1: All right. And Mr. Leo,
2: tell them what you're about, sir. Uh, Yeah. So these guys pretty much said everything. Make sure you follow them. You know, Uh, they gave you all the information and me. Just Google me. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true. Could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, Uh, but yeah, uh, head on over to thedorkening.com. You can learn all about our other shows there and definitely check out the dork night. Along with, you know, you're already listening to the comics paradox.
0: Yeah. Listen to it more. (laughs)
1: yes please (laughs) spread the word like wildfire but uh thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you on the flip-flop bye everybody Bye. bye